0: To the Tour Our Gathered Catholic podcast with Father Rob Kroll and me, Jim Fellows. Filling in today once again and doing an admirable job would be Father Brian Lynch. We're excited to have you be back as a part of our podcast family.
1: Good to be with you guys.
0: Your first podcast with us was um, a huge success. Father Brian battles the Satanists.
1: Wow, that a lot is a of people. <laughs> it
0: is. And accurate. Yeah, true. I wasn't I wasn't, you know, over what dramatizing anything. But uh, yeah, people just jumped all over that. They're like, well, let's hear about this Father Brian guy. I don't know Great. if uh, Did you get any feedback? No. None. <laughs> so, um, That's there you fantastic. That's Yeah. All right. What about the second one? Did you listen to the second one
1: I listened and I, and i I enjoyed it that that may be a sad statement on 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 me, but i did yeah i thought it was i, I thought it was good
0: good i yeah. think i 'm glad you had fun. I thought a lot of uh, really interesting stuff came out on the second one too we got uh, We got a deeper dive on Father Brian and what makes you tick and yeah your passions and what 's pushing you forward i 'm looking forward to um, your door-to-door stuff this summer.
1: Yeah, when you know, just before you got here, I was I was uh, working on that. I, I have a I have some an information packet to be. I'll be handing out in Landfall, Minnesota. Do you know Landfall, Minnesota? No. I I, I am the apostle to Landfall, Minnesota. Landfall, Minnesota is a community of about nine hundred souls. It is its southern border is basically highway 94 and it has it, uh, otherwise it's basically surrounded by oakdale and hmm. it it's uh yeah it's uh it's a it's a very small it's a sort of unique community and it's right on the eastern shore of tanner lake i think okay and uh yeah so I'm excited about that. that should be uh, that should be should be rolling that out this uh, these next couple of days. So nice. Yeah.
0: I got uh, I ran into a couple of people at St. Michael's who still remember you and still remember you fondly. Oh good. and uh, they were talking about listening to the podcast. Oh, terrific. They, uh, they, uh, they enjoyed it thoroughly. They especially like you uh, beating up Satanists like not physically but not physically <laughs> but legally and verbally.
1: So. Yeah, well that's great. Yeah, no, it's it is. You know, I've uh, celebrated my 15th anniversary, and this being essentially my my fourth assignment, it's kind of it's kind of neat to have relationships in different different parishes where I've served and in, have done different things. And as you've indicated in my first assignment, I had a I was at a very Early stage in my my priesthood, and so it's 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 neat to to connect and hear about folks who remembered me from different sort of parts of my career. Right now that I'm 15 years in, I I actually have like parts stages of, of my career, which is, is kind of neat.
0: I um I saw on Facebook after I posted um, your first interview that there was some folks from St. Ambrose who were posting and. Um, almost apologetic for not like being more supportive of you while you were there.
1: Oh wow!
0: So interesting. That, yeah. So that was uh, Catholic that was guilt. Up. There was well, no, I think Catholic healing. Let's go with healing. Okay, healing, <laughs> healing. I like healing. <laughs> I think some some very kind people, and I was surprised when I read it, and I was like, wow, that's. I thought it was really beautiful that years later that they would still be like you know I think we probably should have supported you more back then.
1: Yeah, I think I think you know when. Um, so, I, I, I went away for, for treatment of my OCD, and I think one of the, the differences in opinion was whether to go back to, to St. Ambrose. I think the, the initial idea that I received from HQ was that they were going to take me out of St. Ambrose, and then I was going to go for treatment for OCD, and then they would put me in another assignment. But I felt... Strongly that for my own well-being and and I had thought that maybe for the well-being of St. Ambrose that that it would be best for me to go back after treatment so that they could see that I was better and yeah. that I was doing well. That was a good move. I think that was the right thing to do.
0: It was a very good move, and yeah. I I don't know if uh, we'd be sitting here talking today if you had.
1: Probably
0: not. Sitting having the other kind and taking off and going someplace else. No, I think uh, coming back and, and, and being stronger than before, and I thought it was a good move. Yeah, me too. So we were talking about what's, uh, what are the things that we want to talk about today. And um, back when you were at St. Ambrose and I was running the Woodbury Life Care Center, and uh we both uh had a rather uh strong passion for pro-life issues so i thought you know what we haven't covered pro-life i'm guessing that probably 112 percent of our demographic is uh pro-life I don't think they're all out there. I don't. I don't think we're changing any. We're preaching to the choir today, sure. Father. So it's going to be an easy gig.
1: Well, and that, and that you know the, <laughs> the choir needs encouragement. So I think that's that's definitely, uh, uh, yeah. That's that's legit. The choir needs encouragement. It can be difficult when you're on the the opposite side of sort of the prevailing culture, maybe. So right, so we need we need encouragement, and so yeah, absolutely. It's that. Preaching
0: to the choir is fine. The, um, the pushback that I get, and, and, and I don't get pushback from people like our listeners. I get pushback from people like on Facebook. And uh, the general thing that I'll hear is, uh, um, how dare you, an old white man, uh, try to define and control my body? And then I, I start getting snarky, and I say, um, who are you to define my sexual identity? Like, how dare you call me a man? You have no idea who I am. That's right. Yeah, that,
1: that's one way to go. That's one way to go.
0: So that's just, that's my smart aleckness for the day. We got that covered. What? Uh, how do you feel about that when you're out and about? What's, what do you think is the most effective things for getting well, the pro-life message across? Well...
1: You know, let's I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe cheat a little bit and not answer directly. I, I think I'm just gonna draw on some of my experience. I think there's as I have tried to be a animator or a leader for pro life activities, I, I think what I've I've recognized is that I want it to be a big ten. Right? I want I want I think there's place for lots of people with lots of different gifts and so to to allow for all kinds of participation in different ways so on maybe on an extreme you've got folks who want to be out at planned parenthood and and praying and offering uh information and all to folks and i and i and i that's where my passion is more mm-hmm. and but it's it's challenging I think in the sense that if I make that the whole of it as the leader and the animator then I scare a lot of people away when there's lots of other good work to do mm-hmm. and, and and maybe even more significant and more important work to do in some respects so I think it's a it's a big tent there's uh on on tuesday i went over and i toured our our options for women's east clinic on the on the east side on i think it's on white bear avenue and uh you know and that is that that's huge the work they do offering women alternatives is huge and uh and, and there's all kinds of, of prayer support and all that, that we need. So, yeah, there's, there's so many different ways that, that people can, can participate. I think we, what, is, what is crucial for everyone who, who, and hopefully everyone's pro-life, those of us who are pro-life, we identify where our gifts are, where our passion is and that we we participate in, certainly participate in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there'll be times when we're asked to go outside our comfort zone, but I think if we try too hard maybe to do the things that are outside of our our talents and gifts and our passions, mm-hmm. then we'll get burned out and 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 we don't we don't want that either. So um yeah, it's uh it I think it depends a lot on the on the individual
0: Hmm. I was when I was uh when I was running the life care center I was surprised at there I had a ton of volunteers we didn't get a lot of traffic in our location because it was just open Um, and I had a lot of volunteers that were um, you know had, had very good hearts and we were going through the training and we were learning all the stuff that we needed to learn and looking at the statistics that were, you know, mind-blowing. Like, that more African-American men are killed by abortion than by any heart disease or anything like that. There's more African-American men that are killed every year through abortion, which is staggering. Yeah, yeah. But the thing that... Um, there's some things that really frustrated me. Frustrated me with some of the, um, with some of our volunteer gatherings where we would get these people together and talk about the evils of abortion, which they're they are they're evil, and there's lots of things to talk about, but it would get into invariably it would get into a frenzy of people trying to one up each other on like how horrible abortion is and. Um, and I'm blanking on the name of... Uh, who's the... Who's the uh, Stanger. Uh, Margaret Stanger. You know, coming up with new facts about Ma- Margaret Stanger that nobody knew. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to these guys. And they're just, for an hour, just going off in this room. And I'm imagining Satan sitting in the corner and just chuckling. Like, what a waste of your time here, people. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. You're doing me a favor on that.
1: Yeah. I think that... We we do want to uh, we want we want to spend our we want to we certainly want to spend our time well and be constructive and be part of the solution. Like like so many things, we can. It's so much easier to tear down than it is to build up. Right. right? I mean, it's just it's just so much easier to tear down than to build up. So we need we need to be yeah part of the part of the solution and i think one of the as a as a priest one of the pastoral principles that i i do feel strongly about is that when i'm pointing out a problem or a difficulty or an evil i also want to be presenting part of the solution, the mm-hmm. alternative. So and this may rub some of our listeners the wrong way. Do you mind if I go for push it push them a little bit? So I have regardless of whether or not people want this to be true or, or or think that I should, it is the case and I know probably more than than most that I have concerns about yoga. And um, so this was not the direction I was expecting. <laughs> But it's but it's it's um
0: it's something that Sorry, Molly. I laughed through that entire sentence. I'm supposed to stop doing that. I've been chided. Anyway, so that was not the uh, direction I was expecting. So this <laughs> this may
1: get cut out. But um but so when I when I've expressed my concerns about yoga, I also recognize that People have real needs in the realm of health and and both physically and psychological and so I want to present them with alternatives. I just don't want I don't want to just say stop doing that and, right. and leave them hanging with nothing, right? I want right. to present the Catholic alternative. So Pietra Fitness is a, a specifically Catholic alternative, mm-hmm. so to speak. And so anyhow that was that's one of the when i so when i when i when I am speaking of an evil like abortion, I want to have at hand some alternatives like the life care center right right and think and so that's just one example, so I think, yeah, we want to be constructive, we don't want to just be
0: um, and you won't do yoga at the life care center that they don't offer that
1: as far, as far as I know they they do not
0: they didn't when I ran it so that's an interesting thing. So, um, yeah, I think that the Life Care Center is, uh, it, it's, I wouldn't have worked there if I didn't think it was a, a, a viable alternative and a good way to handle things and, and, and help women out. The problem that I ran, the other problem that I ran into um, was with uh, with my board. And the idea of we're gonna, we're gonna save these babies and more than one board member would tell me this, we're gonna save these babies but these women better not get on social services cause that's not right. And I'm like, that's, it just drove me crazy. Sure. I mean, the reality of it is, and this is my belief and anybody can correct me if I'm wrong. Any child that's born, any baby that comes into this world, the mother needs help to raise that child. If they get help from the dad, that's a good thing. But generally, that's not even enough help. You're going to get help from the the, the grandmothers or the aunts, and people are going to help. Yeah. And if she doesn't have the dad, she may get help from her sisters and from her mother and from that. And and, and that, because it, one person can't raise a kid. One person cannot raise a baby. I've, I've been demonstrated that over and over again. Sure. And if they don't have... Uh, the institution of the family to rely on, if they don't have the institution of the of the, uh, the extended family that they can rely on, they need to rely on someone. And if that has to be a government stepping in and helping in some way, then that's the way it's got to be. And it's, and it's not from the standpoint of uh, this mom doesn't deserve it. It's from the standpoint of if you don't give appropriate care to this child... The child's going to raise up and go against society. This is a societal in, in investment. It, this is in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I. And know.
0: people fight me all the time on this.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, like, drum up some... Veined indignation. I, I I have no problem with what you said.
0: We well, can show real indignation. No,
1: I I mean, cause, but it's not. That's the thing is, I I don't even have. I don't have the real one, so I don't. Yeah, I think. Um, I think in a in maybe in a in a in a in a better world that, yeah, in a better world, families can can care for their children and. But clearly, that is often not the case, and then. Maybe in a in in a better world that the church is able to help and support, and and that would be great. But some people are not for for whatever reason are not connected with a church or right. a community that can so so. Yeah, I I think that the government is. A safety net of sorts, and, and that's that's what people need.
0: I think that um, what I pitched when I was working at the Life care center was, if you want the mother to respect the child, we have to respect the mother. Yeah. And if we don't respect the mother, then we're going to lose the kid, and that's the end game right there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a short podcast. No, no, Shim don't, was I right. Can you just talk about her experience? No, we're gonna we're gonna end
0: with Jim was right.
1: Well, okay, well we can come back to that for sure.
0: Continue on, father, please.
1: Well, I think I just am thinking about some of my own experience. My my I know my first real explicit memory of of pro life convictions was when I was in graduate school and Somebody asked me to be part of an organization that was aligned with, with pro-choice, and I remember telling him that I can't be part of that. I'm pro-life. And he was very kind and, and, and thought that seemed to say, think that that was a sort of a good reason, a noble reason to not get involved sure. in, in his organization. That's my first real explicit memory of having to make a a choice, a stand for for pro life. And uh and then again thinking back of you know when we were together in Woodbury in at St. Ambrose, my I got in trouble early on because uh I uh and I was being a little snarky. I think you talked about being snarky before. And uh, there was a there was a, a debate. It, when I first came to know Woodbury, I was kind of shocked. I I looked out at the developments and the neighborhoods, and there seemed to be it seemed to be that the choices for house colors were tan. Mm-hmm. And beige mm-hmm. and sand and and there was a great deal of concern about the color of buildings, and uh, they had to be within a pretty uniform palette, right mm-hmm. and and there was a there was a, uh, a a young there was a child care center that as part of its uh Part of its image had a, had a very purplish color scheme. And their, their roof, I think, was a, a purple of some kind. And there was real consternation in the community that this would be allowed, that zoning would allow this purple color. And I wrote a snarky letter to the editor of the woodbury paper saying you're worried about the purple roof you've got a planned parent or planned parenthood over here clinic handing out abortifacients and you're worried about the color of the roof at the the daycare center and the, the pastor was not happy with me when that was published in the in the Woodbury paper uh, our
0: pastor wasn't happy the, with
1: the, the 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 pastor at the time <laughs> was not happy with me and there was one parishioner who I think was the on the city council or whatever and took offense that I I had said that about Woodbury but that and then and you know and, and it has been at times of of crisis like that, when I am feeling the heat, where it's been a time of reflection. You know, what can I do? What can I do? And so it was in Woodbury that I started. I started praying the Rosary at uh, on Radio Drive in Woodbury, outside of mm. the the plan the Planned Parenthood on sure. Fridays. I would I would I would do that, and uh, one or two people joined me on occasion. But that was kind of my my first thing as a priest was to pray on radio drive near the the Planned Parenthood in Woodbury and yeah that was that was my my thing that was my sort of silent witness i suppose at that time sure and i think for some people that is uh you know that uh, that is that is something that that they can do they're they're um you know it's a it's a it's a, a prayerful i suppose protest a prayerful protest and uh i i think i think some i think those things can be helpful i think that's i think i think that's good
0: it's it would be nice if and it's never going to happen but it would be nice if the media would give equal coverage to pro-life events as they do pro-choice events. Yeah. And it's 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 like we could have a March for Life in, in Washington, D.C. and not get a blip of coverage yeah. on TV and then, you know, any, you know, pro-choice uh, March for Women, um, you know, whatever the case may be and it's just it's, it's a million-woman march and it's on every channel and, and they're writing a theme song and It's like we got the deck stacked against us.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. There's Yeah, we can't rely on that. In a a certain sense, we we certainly benefit from the less formal channels of information, social media, where people are able to, although that, as we see, gets censored at at times as well. But, yeah, we're not completely dependent on the, the big networks to to get the message out so that that's that certainly does help but I think I think too is that we there is concern I think and I'm you know talk about we we've mentioned like uh, maybe challenging our uh, our listeners and, and this too might be a, a, a challenge of sorts I, I have Heard concern, and I'm sympathetic to there that to do one big event a year, maybe in Washington D.C., let's say, for example. Right. Uh, if all that does is you know, and we, we it, it, you'd have to be careful speaking about specific individuals for sure and you wouldn't want to accuse anyone but they're certainly concerned that for some people that might ease their conscience for the year and and that's kind of what they've they, done their
0: job and that's it that's they, all they need to do
1: that's what they do and you know they can kick back for the rest of the year and not not contribute much and there's, there's, there is, I think, legitimate concern. Is there what has really been accomplished at that, mm-hmm. in that action? If that same amount of, if the same amount of time, energy, and resources that went into one of these big standalone events with with hundreds and thousands of people, if that was spread out at the local level and and maybe on a more done on a more consistent basis where either the problem is happening or the or the solution is being provided you you catch my Mm drift? yeah so i think i think uh we want to we want to be critical in in a good way of our our strategies and Something too that I, I think that I've recognized is, and it came up the other day when I was at the Options for Women East Center, is that uh, you know the opposition is so well organized, mm-hmm. amazingly, you know, single, single message, the well funded, and then we're we're not nearly as organized it seems and. So, I think we do want to. When you have an organization, there will be planning and strategy and scrutiny, and there's statistics and there's there there are ways of evaluating. When you're as sort of unorganized as as we are, it it seems to me that it's it's there's less of that evaluation of how are we actually doing what difference are we actually making no certainly individual centers will be able to do that Mm -hmm. but a lot of uh it's we're up against a big well-organized well-funded operation and so it's 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 really challenging
0: you mispronounced evil But, (laughs) and and I, I've said when I was, I I had a short stint running the pro-life center because they ousted me after six months because they didn't like my radical ideas of being nice to the moms. They weren't a big fan of that. Sure. And that's fine. That's their prerogative. But I, I firmly believed back then, and I don't know if my position has changed, that the number one obstacle for the pro-life movement is a lot of pro-lifers. I think that they're just, they're, they're getting in our own way. And in, it's in really what, frustrating.
1: Uh, expand please. Well,
0: expand. and the fact of, uh, you know, it's, um, we're only the, the, the whole thought of you only care about the unborn. There's way too many pro-lifers that are like, yep that's true i only care about the unborn i don't care about the mother sure and that's that's just that's that's appalling that's an appalling attitude if you're pro-life you're pro-life from conception to death including the mom including the dad who might doesn't know what he's involved with and anything and it's just it's got to go the entire spectrum I've gotten into... The thing that drives me crazy is I'll get into discussions around uh, political times, which we can jump into your uh, rant, if you want, your uh, impassioned homily, um, where people would be like, well, who are you voting for? And I'm like, I don't know. Are you going to vote for Biden? I'm like, I'm not voting for Biden. Why is that? I said, because I'm against abortion. I'm like, oh, you're a single-issue voter. And I'm like, yeah. It's like, well, that's so narrow-minded. You can't be a single-issue voter. I'm like, well... I would propose that everyone is a single-issue voter. It just depends on what your issue is. If your issue is uh, equal, uh, equal rights between men and women, well, then that's your single issue. If that's being threatened, you're going to vote. you can you can agree with the candidate on every single thing. If you think that um, African Americans should be treated equally and the candidate is like 90% of the things you agree with, but he's racist... You're not going to vote for them, and nope. guess what? You're a single issue voter at that point. Yeah. This is I'm I'm just simply stating what my single issue is, and you're ignoring your whatever your single issue is. It's like oh, I'm looking at the all the issues. It's like no, it's just one. There's only one issue that matters to you.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty honest assessment of it. I, I don't I, I I can't speak for really anyone other than, than myself i think i'm a, i think in in many respects i'm a i'm a single issue voter myself and uh yeah I, I think that's honest i think i think that's honest and hopefully hopefully people can be honest with themselves but a lot of people don't have i think don't have great self-awareness either so so it would be hard for them to understand and 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 analyze their
0: motivation. I, I don't think that people recognize the ramifications of legal abortion in the U.S. and the impact, the greater impact on society. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that if and people will say, well, why, why do you think there's more crime in the streets? Abortion. Why, why do you think there's, the murder rate's going up? It's abortion. Well, how do you connect it to? Well, if you don't have any respect for a human life, that just grows yeah it continues to grow and if a society doesn't have respect for human life that is going to be the standard now if you start showing respect for human life if we ever got to the point where everyone recognized that life is sacred and life starts at conception and everyone was on board with that we could sell ak-47s at at super america and nobody would be worried about
1: it yeah yeah, it's a, it's, uh, it's a really, it's a really good point. It remind yeah these these philosophical principles though people, they don't you can't capture them in. Uh, I'm not even good enough to know the real number, but you can't capture them in 120 characters, right? So that you don't have a chance. But you can't tweet it out. Don't yeah, you. yeah, right. you can't you can't do it in a soundbite. It, right. It's it's uh, so. You know, I was, I was talking to a, f- a friend the other day and she was talking about getting people together and unite, You know, coming out of all of the, the virus restrictions, getting people together and uniting them and having them be community. And I, I'm listening to her and I know her intentions are good, but I, in the back of my mind I'm thinking, what are you uniting them around? What is the principle? What is the, unifi- what is the source of unity... And what is the source of community? Right. And but a lot of people they don't, they don't get it that you, you you need something around which you're going to be united. And but yeah, people have trouble with that, understanding that.
0: Nobody listening to us, dude, do, does though. No, does.
1: no, our. The, the the audience of the gathered together is it two R gathered with Father Jim Kroll? <laughs> you, you, can, you can call it whatever you want, Father. <laughs> the the two R gathered podcast audience with Father Jim Croll <laughs> and and Jim Fellows is the most well informed audience.
0: Welcome to the uh, We Gathered Together to Ask the Lord's Blessing podcast <laughs> with Father Brian Lynch. Oh my
1: goodness. So, um...
0: How do we change this, Father? How do you and I, what are we going to do? We're going to leave here, we're going to go make some changes. What are we going to go do?
1: Well, I think everyone knows the starfish story. The starfish on the, do you know the starfish on the seashore story? No, I don't
0: think I know that story. Let's pretend nobody knows
1: the story. Well, the, um, a boy is, there is a big lonely stretch of beach and there, the tide has washed up all these starfish. They're on, you know, it was high tide and waves and then the, the hurricane that had produce the 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 big waves it 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 blows by and then it's low tide and there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of starfish on the on the sand on the beach and there's there's a a boy down on the beach and he's he's picking up a starfish and he he looks at it and he 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 loves it in a way and and marvels at it and then throws it into the ocean and a, and a curmudgeon like you or me sees him doing this. And he sa- and he goes over to the boy and he says, Son, you're wasting your time. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of starfish on this beach. What, sh- what you're doing doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And the boy you know, picks one up. And he shows it to me, and he says, "It matters to this one." <laughs> and he throws it back into the ocean, right? So I think um, that is a, that's that's a significant principle. Uh, it is the the uh, when when I go to you know, and I I just happen to like the the more on the front line work, confrontational, and, yeah, and. uh and so, um, and I work with a, a great fella on Tuesday mornings named Daryl, and he's got such a good mindset. You know, he's, he's trying to hand out the, the information about uh, abortion pill reversal and, and other mm-hmm. really significant things to the people coming in or out of, of Planned Parenthood. And when he gets rejected, and he gets rejected a lot, there's no question about it. Statistically, he's getting, And he, he says to me, you know, every rejection, I'm just one closer to somebody taking the the information. And and it, that is such a, a great attitude. And 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 uh, a couple weeks ago, when I was there, I, I was shocked when a young woman took the information from me. I was so happy. I was just elated that that she she took the the information from me. I, I have no idea what her circumstances were or whatever, but she said she would take it. And, uh, you know, to think that I could have maybe helped to save a life that day, it's, it's just... Or if you know, you'd
0: stopped one before. What's that? Or if you'd stopped short just one yeah, before. Yeah,
1: yeah, if you had given up after, you know, oh, I can't, you know, how many hundreds of people am I going to listen, you know, giving me a, the, the one finger salute and everything, and you know, just that, it's, it's hopeless. But, you know, yeah, so that that starfish story, I think, if we can, if we can save one, that's terrific.
0: That's a good one. Yeah. Your, your buddy Daryl's approach about uh, um, that the facing rejection and he knows he's just one closer to someone accepting it. That, uh, strangely enough, was my philosophy on dating. <laughs>
1: nice! Nice! Yeah, this what is... What are these women's gonna say yes? We could have the... We could have... <laughs> oh my gosh! I just thought of a great idea. We could have the Two our Gather dating service. That's because Two Our Gather, that's exactly uh, what they're looking for, right? Right. So, we could... <laughs> We could do something with that. The two are Catholic... The two are gathered Catholic dating service. Will we match up our listeners? Sure. And then Father Rob Kroll... It's Rob Kroll! It's Father Rob, Rob Kroll! Rob Kroll could do the We're going to have you guys
0: meet someday. Well, you yeah. can
1: marry him too. There's no reason for that. As long as that. he's wearing clothes. Because <laughs> I, was, I was concerned when he went on that radical retreat where...
0: We may have overstated that one. He did have clothes. Apparently we overstated that just a... a it wasn't like a Bear Gryllis oh.
1: adventure.
0: It was more contemplative.
1: Oh, so it was like less technology. You'll,
0: you'll hear in the next podcast. Yeah. Okay,
1: all right. Yeah, there was some misunderstanding, I think. Yeah, that's, that it wasn't was, like a primitive...
0: Some might blame me for the uh, misinterpretation. I but think
1: I took advantage, too, because I think I wanted that I to actually be the story. So... But, but I, think, I think I'm onto something
0: with the data. I do, too, although I'm not sure how many single folk are listening to us. Oh, sure. um, But I think um, on the other end, um, as far as, like, things, that, and we're kind of wrapping up on time, something else that I think that uh, people don't consider, because there's a lot of ways that we can impact this, and uh, it may not feel direct, but it is a direct impact. Um, the more time that we spend in adoration the greater the battle is against abortion yeah i absolutely believe that i yeah. think i think that i think tell
1: me more say more
0: i think that the power of adoration is um, it, it's 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 on so many different levels just spending time with christ in in contemplation and in, in comfort w- for him and the power that comes out of that the gifts and the graces that come out of that when I used to, when I was working in ministry and I'd get brought in by a church that was going under and they'd be like, help us figure out a way so that we can, you know, we can get our feet underneath this again. And I'd be like, do you have adoration? I'd like, no, that's your first step. Yeah. Get adoration. Yeah. Start praying. Yeah. When, when, and when, when I first joined St. Ambrose, I said, when is adoration? It's like, well, the older churches like to do that. We don't really do that here. And I'm like, okay, interesting. But then after a couple of years, adoration started coming in, and you were around, I think you were around about that time, and when adoration started picking up, our pews were getting a lot more full. Oh, sure. There was a lot more people coming to church, and I think that was a direct result from adoration. And I think if people are going into adoration with the intention of ending abortion, I think the more people that we have going to do that,
1: the quicker we're going to come to an end of abortion. It's a great, it's a great idea. I, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I believe it. I think, you know, cause and effect is always a little tricky to, to, um, to determine. Uh, but I, I love it. I mean, I, I know I can speak from, if I didn't do, if I didn't do adoration, so to speak, if I didn't have, uh, uh a consistent hopefully sincere prayer life that included significant times of eucharistic adoration i couldn't i couldn't, i couldn't do so many of the things that i feel like i'm being asked to do or all right. to do so yeah it's 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 a big deal for sure
0: i th- i think you know if somebody is like uh, you know i don't i'm not comfortable being actively, you know, trying to push pro life. Great. Come to adoration.
1: Yeah. No, it's a great point. I get um it's it it is it's it's I feel like I'm I'm gonna be speaking out of both sides of my mouth now. <laughs> where, but like I do think that some people have certain gifts and, and some people don't have certain gifts. Like I um yeah so I I I I agree with that, but at the same time we have to be using the means that are available to us to identify and nourish and grow our gifts. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I think I think that prayer and, and certainly adoration are are components of of, of, of identifying and nourishing the our authentic gifts. Yeah. You're writing something
0: down. No, you're telling our audience that I'm making a note.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> it's,
0: it's for our um, for when we pray later because I have a feeling that we're kind of we're getting. Do you feel like we're good? When we got this wrapped up. I'm
1: I'm good. I mean, I'm I'm just a guest on the Two Our Gathered Catholic <laughs> podcast by Father Rob Kroll and Jim Fellows. <laughs>
0: we're gonna have you do the next intro right? yeah the next well, time was, we do this absolutely had,
1: well i was saying that also very correctly i was thinking this is you're gonna come this back
0: is... right you could come back and
1: i'm i'm yeah like, i'm like the stunt double for father ron <laughs> kroll <laughs> but, you but you're
0: enjoying it you would uh because yeah. you're awesome and <laughs> I, I love our conversations
1: I like
0: it. He has got uh, Father Rob's got two month long uh, retreats, and uh, it's so his time is, uh, you know, taken up. And he's gonna. So we're gonna need. I got a couple other guests that are gonna hopefully appear on the show, and and if I can, if I can come back to you as a as a regular uh, relief pitcher, that would be great. i
1: I'm, I'm I'm up for it. Sounds good.
0: All right so uh if we're ready to close things out yes and have you uh have you yeah uh,
1: you know um without putting a too uh firm of a timestamp on it sure we're, we're in you know we're in the summer and yeah. we're in we're awfully near to the month dedicated to the sacred heart of jesus which unfortunately other folks have tried to kind of take over and, and turn into other things so i think uh Want to pray in a, in a special way to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, asking for for God's blessings on our our pro-life efforts.
0: And if we could add to our intentions, we have a listener who um, I was writing this down. She has um, Trigena. I got to look it up again because I didn't write it down very well. I'm a terrible handwriting. <laughs> um, she has. A condition known as uh, trigeminal neuralgia. Oh, okay. And it's uh, it affects one of the nerves in her brain. There are three major nerves that come out of the brain. And she has been in agony for oh. three years.
1: Oh, no.
0: And she's um, desperately trying to raise her children and be a good mom and a good wife. And her husband's an absolute uh, champ and uh, if uh, we could add her to our prayers today that yeah. would be a wonderful thing. Okay. No, we're going to leave the name off. We're just okay. going to we're just going to we'll figure the holy spirit all okay. out now.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we will we will pray for this uh, woman in particular and and for for pro life and and all the needs we bring with us at this time. In the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen heavenly father we we praise and thank you for the gift of our lives despite the the many challenges that you allow us to face we we trust in you we ask for your guidance we ask in in a special way for the mercy that is the heart of jesus to be poured out upon us through the power of the Holy Spirit that we will receive all the the healing that we need, that the healing we receive will allow us to be instruments of healing to others especially to those who find themselves those mothers who find themselves in, in crisis with, with an unborn child we ask that we would be able to help them to bring their children into this world that those children would be able to receive the grace of baptism becoming adopted sons and daughters of of you heavenly father and we ask all this through christ our lord amen in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen
0: amen father brian lynch thank you so much for joining us today that was an awesome discussion
1: i was so happy to be with you on the two hour gathered podcast catholic <laughs> the two Are <Our> gathered catholic <laughs> podcast by father rob kroll and jim fellow
0: that is so our new intro from now i'm just gonna i'm just gonna clip that and put it in the front of everything <laughs>